we uh, thank you guys for being with us today to worship with us. Um, uh, they sing that song just a second ago, um, Through the Storms, He is Lord of All. I uh, was sitting here in the first service, and it's like God just spoke to my heart and just said, you got to read that passage. Uh, you got to read that passage. And so um, I, I pulled up this passage, and uh, on my heart and on my mind when I was thinking about it and reading that even earlier, uh, I couldn't help but think of some of the families in our church that are going through storms right now. Uh, and that might be you. Uh, we've got a, a family that just even this last night, uh, you know, found out about a new storm that they're going to go through. And um, we've had families that have been in storms for some time. In fact, we've got a family right now that when he talks to me about what they're going through, he talks about the storm and talks about, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, having a hard time focusing on Jesus in the storm, so to speak. And um, and again, it just it just spoke to my heart and said, you know, like God said, hey, read this read this scripture. I want to read it to you. Uh, Matthew 14, verse 28, and it says this. It says, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And this is when Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter, and the, of course, the disciples see him on the water. And Peter sees him and says, you know, tell, if that's really you, then tell me to come out to you. And uh, in verse 29 it says, and he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. And, and, and you know, that, that's, that's my story. That's, that's the story of my life over and over again that, that, that Jesus would say to me, come on, come on, follow me, let's, let's do this now, let's go. And then, and then somewhere in the midst of it, I see the wind. I see the waves is what he's saying there when he says, I see the wind. He's saying, I see the waves. And Peter, just like Peter, I, I see, I see all, this, all the crazy going on. And I'm like, oh, oh no, oh no. And we start to worry. And we take our eyes off of Jesus. And we put it on the storm. And Jesus is saying, come on, focus on me. You know, that's what God does for us over and over throughout life. And, uh, and this morning, uh, we're going to get to hear the stories of, of several guys who uh, are able to testify that God has done that in their lives, just like many of you could testify that God has done that in your life. Uh, but uh, we uh, are privileged and so excited uh, to have uh, the folks from the Hope Center uh, with us today. Uh, and I'm going to ask Stephen if he would to go ahead and come on up. And um, these folks are just doing uh, an amazing work. And I know you've heard us talk a little bit about uh, them and the ministry that they're doing a little bit here and there. Uh, but we wanted you to get to hear uh, more from the horse's mouth, so to speak, not that I'm calling you a horse. Uh, but uh, <laughs> But uh, we, want, we want you to get to hear some of what God is doing. They have an amazing program in which they are helping uh, people uh, recover from addiction. Uh, but I love what they do in the fact that it's not just another rehabilitation thing. Uh, it is centered around the gospel. 
uh, and the understanding, uh, which I think is so powerful and says so much to uh, who God is and what he can do, uh, that, that Jesus is the healer uh, that we all need for, to overcome anything, but especially addiction. Uh, and so um, I'm going to ask them uh, to share with us this morning. This is Stephen Polk. Uh, Stephen runs uh, the Hope Center house that is over here close by, Greenbrier, Cooper Townish uh, area. Uh, and uh, they can hold up to 28 guys there. How many you have there right now? You remember? 27. 27. You got 27 right now, all in one house. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about some of the things in a little bit of like some ways that we're trying to partner with them and that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I, folks, I'm excited about this. This is good stuff, uh, and uh, and I'm excited to get to hear these guys share again uh, and let the Lord use them uh, in their stories of how God is redeemed and restored and all these things. It's exciting stuff. Stephen, if you don't mind, would you share with us this morning? Absolutely. Thank, thank you, Thank you, Pastor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for having us today. My name is Stephen Polk. I'm one of the regional directors of Hope Center Ministries. Uh, Hope Center Ministries is a three-phase Christ-centered discipleship program. Uh, we're not a rehab. We are about discipleship, and we believe at Hope Center Ministries that when you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, the byproduct of that is sobriety. You don't want drugs anymore when you get that relationship built with Jesus Christ. Uh, we are a three-phase program. The first phase of that program is 45 days. That's intense Bible studies. That is Christ-centered uh, counseling, group sessions. It is all about the gospel. Uh, we don't take money from insurance companies or the government, so they can't tell us what to teach. We teach the Bible. Second phase of that program is uh, 38 weeks. Uh, that's how the program is funded. Just like me and you, we go to work every day. These men and women go to work every day, and that's how they pay for their recovery. So there's no out-of-pocket cost to them, uh, just a one-time payment up front of $700, and the rest of the time they earn their way through the program. Uh, this is not a forced program. These men and women come because they want to. Uh, they can leave anytime they want. Uh, and you guys might be sitting in the chair today asking yourselves, well, what is this? What has Hope Center got to do with us? What is this about? Uh, well, it's about getting people saved. It's about going after lost people. Jesus came back to do what? To seek and save that which is lost. So I hope to share a story with you today to maybe inspire you. Uh, it's a story that I heard a pastor preach one time that really just rang true into my heart. If I was to ask you guys about a guy named Desmond Doss, how many of you know who that is? A couple of you. So Desmond Doss, there was a movie made after this guy. He was a very devout man, uh, believed in Jesus Christ. Uh, he was in a war in 1945. This battle was called Okinawa. Now what Desmond was doing, there were the Americans that were getting slaughtered at this war. And Desmond, he was a medic, and he would run in, and he would drag somebody out. He would run in, he would drag somebody out. At the end of this battle, he said that he had done it 75 times. He had ran in and drug somebody out and saved them 75 times. Well, they asked Desmond, they said, Desmond, what, what was you doing? I mean, what were you thinking? And he looked at him, and he said, well, I just kept praying. And they said, Desmond, what was you praying? And he looked at him, and he said, I just want to save one more, Lord. Help me save one more. Now, I know on my deathbed and on your deathbed, we all feel the same way. That when we're looking Jesus in the eye, we can say we did it. Lord, we got somebody else saved. We were able to do it. And that's what we do at Hope Center. So the men and the women that we are after, the people that we're trying to get into this program, they've lost everything. They've lost their families. They've lost their kids, their homes. They've lost uh, hope. And what we want to do is try to help them find that hope. 
Because when they look in the mirror, they don't see what me and you see. They see trash. They see hurt. They see shame and guilt. They don't see that they're a daughter or a son of the Most High. They've lost all of that. See, in a 2007, I was convicted of my sixth manufacturing charge. I'm a six-time convicted meth cook. I was a terrible person for a lot of years of my life. They gave me 16 years to serve in prison. And when I got there, somebody came for me. And this guy, he taught me who Jesus Christ was. And when I had that relationship with Jesus Christ, everything in my life changed. I got out in 2011. I started working for the Hope Center. And I have devoted my life to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to making sure that every man and woman out there that struggles with addiction knows that there is a place, there is a home where they can find hope, where they can be restored with their families, where they can look in the mirror and they can see something beautiful and not something ugly, where the shame and guilt of the things that they've done in their past doesn't hold weight on them anymore, where they have that relationship with Jesus Christ, the same one that me and you have. So guys, I've got three stories you're going to hear today. Three stories of uh, addiction, of restoration, and of a relationship built with Jesus Christ. There is a cure for what's going on in our country right now, and it's called the gospel. It's called Jesus Christ. And you're going to hear that healing story in three of these men's testimonies today. So I want to bring up Jordan first, and he's going to share with you how God has changed his life. Good morning, church. Uh, so my name is Jordan. Um, I'm going to start off just by telling you all a, a little bit about myself growing up, a little bit of background about myself. Um, I had a, a real good childhood, a real privileged childhood, great family life, uh, great parents. Um, you know, about the only bad thing that happened to me growing up um, was, was when my parents got divorced when I was in third grade. And, you know, that actually, God used that in, in my life. It wound up being a huge blessing for me. Um, it gave me my stepmom, who I'm very close with, and I got a brother uh, from my stepmom and my mom out of it also. Um, high school was great, too, um, for me. I was quarterback of the high school football team. I had the cheerleader girlfriend, uh, good grades. Uh, really couldn't have asked for, for anything more growing up. Um, so after high school, uh, I went to the University of Tennessee. Uh, so I am a big Vols fan, guys. Uh, it's probably where a lot of the trauma comes from, is being a Vols fan for the the past 15 years. Um, but I graduated from Tennessee in 2012, um, had a double major in marketing and finance, um, went to work for a trucking company uh, in logistics, go figure. Um, so I went and moved to Nashville, and from a surface level, you know, every, everything seemed, uh, seemed great in my life. Um, it was everything that, that I thought I wanted. Um, my job was going well. I got a couple promotions uh, very early on. I was making more money than my parents. I had a great girlfriend. Uh, but something was missing. And you know, now I'm to the point where I can see what I was missing in my life was Jesus. Uh, at that point, I didn't know it. I didn't know what that hole was. I didn't know what that hurt was. So what I tried to do is try to fill it with drugs. Um, and that's whenever I started using opiates. Uh, recreationally for the first time. Um, and then very quickly it turned into an everyday habit uh, to the point where I was getting sick if I didn't have it. And that's when my life really started to, to fall apart. Um, the girl I was dating at the time broke up with me um, and that just threw me deeper into depression, deeper into my addiction. Uh, it got to the point where my family and my, uh, my work had to have an intervention for me. Um, so I went, that was when I went to my first 30-day treatment. 
And at this point, I didn't think I had a problem at all. I didn't think I had an issue. I thought I could just drop it and quit. You know, after my first 30-day treatment, I went and got drunk with my buddies the first night, and we, and we joked about it. Um, so there wasn't any kind of change in me. So about a month and a half after that treatment, I was using again. I got to the point where one night I wound up overdosing, uh, and I woke up on a, a ventilator. So, you know, it is only by the grace of God that I'm up here right now able to share my, my story with you because I could have very easily be dead right now. Um, so that was, really wasn't a wake-up call for me, believe it or not. Um, so instead of changing something in myself, uh, I thought I'd change my location, just put a bunch of mileage in between me and my addiction, thinking that'd fix it. So I moved out to Denver, Colorado, um, thinking that, that that would change everything. And I was able to do okay for about a year and a half or so. Uh, but then, you know, like I said, there was no change in me. Um, I started using again, and things fell apart very quickly in the, in the same way that they fell apart in Nashville. Uh, the girl I was dating at the time broke up with me. Um, I wound up losing my job. And that's whenever, you know, it first started to click a little bit, like, hey, you know, you might, you might need some help. There, there's got to be something, uh, you got to do something different. So that was whenever I was first introduced to the to Hope Center back in 2017. Um, so I went to the Hope Center in uh, our Cross Plains location, and that's whenever I really started to get to know Jesus for the first time, really start to develop that relationship with him. Um, I was baptized the day after Thanksgiving in 2017 um, and really started to, to give my life, started to give my life to Jesus, but I wasn't fully ready to. Um, so, you know, I, th I was still thinking that I could do it on my own. Uh, so about two weeks shy of of graduating, I, I left and went and tried to do things uh, myself again. I did okay for about six, seven months, um, and then wind up, uh, wound up using again. Um, and it very quickly became a using every day again. I lost that job uh, that I had. And what I did next, you know, really shows the, the insanity of this, this disease that, that is addiction. Um, you know, I, I, instead of uh, realizing like, hey, you know, you've lost multiple jobs, multiple relationships, you need some help right now. I just thought I'd try Denver again. So I moved out to Denver at the beginning of 2020. And once again, did okay for a little bit, um, but wound up using again. Uh, again, I had, um, before I left Denver, I overdosed uh, two times in, in the same night. Um, so, you know, I truly believe that, that God has kept me alive so I can, you know, go and talk about it and tell him what, what he's pulled me out of. Uh, so that was whenever I, I realized, like, hey, you know, I need, I need some serious help. And I wasn't praying at this point, but something told me that I needed to go back to the Hope Center. That's where I had the most peace and most content in my life in, in a long time. So uh, I called the Hope Center, and they said they had a bed open in the Springfield location. So whenever I came into the Hope Center, you know, I was broken physically. Um, I didn't have use of my right arm uh, from, from some complications with my addiction. I was broken emotionally, broken spiritually. Uh, but through that first 45 days of, uh, of the program, that first phase, I was able to do a lot of soul search and a lot of praying. I was able to ask Jesus back into my life. Um, and, you know, I was able to, to say, you know, I want to live for God. I want to live for Jesus. Um, we get to do great things. Like he, Stephen mentioned, the, the Bible studies. Uh, we have men who come in and who are able to, to teach us about God, teach us about Jesus, teach us about the Bible and, and share what God is, has done in their lives. It gives us people that we can look up to, uh, that we can strive to, to live like. Um, so, you know, I continued to really grow through that first 45 days, and I've continued to grow um, ever since then. 
You know, over at that house right now, I've got 25 brothers in Christ. Uh, so not only do I get to watch Jesus work in my life, I get to look around me and see him working in other people's lives every day. I get to see people come in just as broken as I was and start to become the men, men of God that, that we were intended to be. You know, I get to see the restoration in their family, and it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch the miracles that are happening there every single day. Um, so, you know, I really want to encourage everyone here to, to get involved with the Hope Center. We're going to be right outside, uh, right there, but yeah, get involved. Give, you know, your time, money, whatever you can, because uh, it helps more than, more than you can imagine, because I would not be standing up on the stage right now sharing what, what God has done in my life if it weren't for the Hope Center and the relationship that it's helped me build with, with Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. So, thank you all. Good morning, everybody. So I'll start off, uh, I think the first service, I forgot to tell y'all who I was. My name's Tim Damesworth, and uh, I am the director at the Hope Center in Cross Plains. But that's not who I used to be. Um, that's who I am today. I've got a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. It says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So I read you that scripture because, like I was telling you a while ago, that's, that's who I am today, but that's not who I always was. And uh, it's funny how we can think we know who we are, but the creator that created all things, including us, he knows who we are, and He created us for something, for a purpose. So, uh, my life as a childhood was a lot like Jordan's. You know, I was really blessed. I had a great childhood. I know for a lot of people that's not the same, but I was taught about God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Him. So, I was also raised up and uh, had a family business restaurant, and, and so I was taught how to work and save money and and be responsible. I was I was given a good head start in life. Um, I say by the time I was eighteen, I was I was I had been using marijuana. I had been drinking, but just recreational. We thought it was what you did on the weekends, and we we just did it for fun. But I can look at it now and and see how the devil works. You know, uh, he'll get in any way he can. And he'll start whenever you let him. So it, it quickly turned into opiates and taking pills. And I got real heavy into that. I got so heavy into it that I, I, I wouldn't even go to work if I didn't have them. It, it literally started to control my life. I started to get arrested. Started to do a little jail time. 11.29 here, 11.29 there. It just started to add up. I got into... Uh, methamphetamines and that took me that took me down a road that was a lot longer and a lot darker than I than I thought it was and, and it kept me there a lot longer than I wanted to stay um, it began become just a normal lifestyle for me and for some reason 
in our mind, we can think that we're okay, but we really ain't. And as I started to to lose everything that I cared about, as I started to hurt the people that I loved the most, I started to do the things I said that I'd never do because of the choices I was making and the road the devil had me on. Uh, I, I ended up getting locked up again and getting a chance to go to a rehab. It was a 30-day rehab. And I'm not talking negative about them. I, I, they help people, and I think that's great. But one of the things that when I found this out, I, I just, it didn't, anything after that I didn't receive. Um, you could believe it's anything is your higher power. Because I was taught about God, I knew that that couldn't be. So I just kind of shut it out. I did my 30 days. I got back out. I thought I had some good plans and was going to do good things, but I ended up falling right back into that same old cycle. And this time it just gets worse than it was. And you don't ever get to start over. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, ended up catching some, some worse charges and uh, doing a lot more time. In 2010, I get the opportunity to go to the Hope Center in Waverly. And uh, it's grown a lot since then. At the time, it was just an eight-month program. And when I went there, I started to build a relationship with, with God. I started to find that relationship with Jesus Christ that I was missing. And, and I was on fire for God. I mean, I thought that I was done. And God started to work in my life. He started to do things that I couldn't do. I done destroyed that He started to restore in my life. And, and I thought, wow, you know, this is what I've been missing. So I, I end up completing my program, and I'm thinking, get back to work, get a house. God was already restoring my relationship with my kids and stuff. And all those were good things, and so I focused really hard on that. And I didn't even realize that the devil was tricking me even then. He, he knew that I was prepared for drugs and alcohol, but if he could just steal my time from God, he knew that eventually I'd be spiritually weak enough that I'd fail again. And so he started to steal my time. Even though the things I was focused on was doing were good things, I'd put that above God and I didn't even realize it. I quit spending time with God every day and slowly but surely, spiritually weaker, I, I eventually fell into temptation again. This time I was lost more than I ever was because I had knew God and, and what He could do in my life and I had felt weak and turned my back from it again and I had so much shame and guilt that I just took it further than I ever did. And I caught some more charges and was doing some more jail time and it was a lot more serious this time. And I remember... I remember surrendering to God in jail cell thinking, God, I don't care where it's at, if it's in prison or, or not, that I'm going to serve you. And God started to work in my life. He started to do things even while I was there and open doors for me even while I was in jail. And He gave me another opportunity to go to the Hope Center and cross planes with Stephen. Stephen was the director up there then. And I knew that God was leading me back to the Hope Center, and I was like, yes, I'm yours, I'm going to go. So I get there, and 
you know, that you heard Jordan talk about the first 45 days and Stephen talk about how it's all about Jesus Christ. So I get there, I get to reconnect. I get to, to every day get up and spend time with God and spend time with Jesus and totally surrender everything over to Him. And God started to, to do things in my life again that only God could do. And I, He I started to open doors for me that, you know, it was funny how you can get off the path that God's got you on, and when you get back on it, you don't get to fast forward or anything. You're right there where you left off. And so I, that's where I was at, but I knew that where my next step was. I realized that, that God didn't come into my life. He didn't start to change me and set me apart for myself. He did it for His use. It was to pour into other people. So after I completed the program, I interned with them. And then after uh, it's almost a year, Stephen opens up the Springfield location, and then I get to be the director in Cross Plains. And so what I realized, and I'm hoping that maybe through this testimony that, that you would understand, is that we need each other, we need everybody to reach the people in this community that are fighting this addiction and to overcome it is through Jesus Christ. The problem is not addiction, the problem is sin. And if we could focus on that and, and focus on the source of it, we could beat it. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can do this. And that Hope Center offers a place that it teaches the Gospels that gives back hope to men and women through Jesus Christ right here in our backyard, in our community make an impact and that we get to be a part of it so I hope that maybe something I shared today if you if you know anybody that may be looking for a place to fit in a place to serve that you would find one of these hope centers and serve there if you know anybody that maybe is lost and broken like I was that maybe you could talk to one of us and get get them help and get them in the hope center so I thank you for your time Good morning, everybody. I'm Joe. Uh, I'm a graduate at Hope Center in Springfield and uh, also the recovery coordinator, worked there. Uh, my story is very similar to Timmy and uh, Jordan. I had a privileged life. I had good parents that loved me dearly. They taught me Christian values, uh, taught me had good manners, the whole nine yards. But I did have something that kind of haunted me too, and that was just my adoption. Um, and I like how we talked about doubt before the service, because like the devil uses doubt to get to get into everybody's head. Got in my head for 26 years, uh, saying that I wasn't enough, I wasn't ever going to be enough, I wasn't going to be loved, I wasn't going to be accepted, I wasn't going to do anything good. And uh, I just grew up having that in my head and planted, just thinking I'm all alone in this world and that no one does love me. And even though I had some of the greatest parents I could ever ask for. But uh, with that, I had to distract myself. So growing up, I, I was good in sports, played sports all the way through high school, uh, baseball, football, basketball. Uh, got a college football scholarship to St. John's University. Uh, loved it. Distracted me. I, I 
learned, I mean, got friends that way, felt accepted, felt appreciated, all those things. Um, but after college, when I came back home, uh, all that stuff was gone. Uh, I didn't have sports to rely on to, to feel accepted, to feel appreciated, and I turned to, to drugs and alcohol. So the past seven years, uh, it's been chaos. Like Timmy was saying, that cycle. I've been in and out of jail for two years out of those seven. I've uh, been in three different treatment facilities. I've overdosed three times. Um, I've had seven car accidents. I like to think I'm not a bad driver, but... Uh, so it's been a rough seven years. But then this last year, I was introduced to the Hope Center. God gave me this tool say, just go through it. Just go through it. And uh, there's three highlights I want to say about the Hope Center that happened to me. And that's first off was the restoration with Jesus Christ. And how it explained to me during it, I wish it was easy for me. It wasn't easy for me because I had 26 years of doubt in my head saying it's not going to work, but I just didn't know the way to do it. But in the Hope Center, it explained to me that you got to draw a line in the sand and that following Jesus is on this side and I'm on this side. I, I didn't know how to get there and really I couldn't do it by myself anyways. I needed Jesus to help me, but I still fought back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, the process this whole year. About six or seven months in, I was tired of fighting. I was tired of just, just the same old thoughts, the same old behaviors, all that, and I, I just got on my hands and knees and started praying. And once that happened, it's like God put me on this side to that side. And everything started changing. My thoughts started changing. My actions started changing. My relationships started changing. Everything was for the positive at that point. The second thing is, is just the restoring of, I mean, uh, changing my mind. Uh, I like to say the verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I acted like a child. I understood like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And this whole year, that's how I, that's, that was just a big engrossment. where I was still a kid. I was 26 years old. I didn't know how to do anything. I'd blame everybody for my problems. I'd blame my family. I'd blame God. If I did something wrong, it was your fault. It wasn't my fault. But uh, eventually, I learned how to take ownership for what, my actions. And really, the main purpose is that how I can teach others to, to take ownership and how, how they can turn their lives around, because that's all of our purpose here, is to get that one more person. It's to teach that one more person about Christ. Uh, Third thing is restoration. Uh, this whole year has just been a restoration of my life, a restoration of my, my mind, friendships. I might not have the same friends I used to, but I got lifelong friendships through the Hope Center. I got 20, 25, 26 guys that I can say I'm going I'm to be friends with for the rest of my life. Um, my family is a huge thing. I wasn't able to communicate with them ever. They never did drugs. They never did alcohol. They, they were always church. They were always Christians. They taught me this, this way, this way, this way, but I never could communicate, and I never thought they could understand me. To this day now, I, I can talk to them. I can talk to them about anything. They're there for me no matter what. They support me. They're proud of me, and there's nothing more. I couldn't do that on my own, but there's one story I want to say about, say I was adopted. Uh, my blood grandmother, uh, 
she was a big influence in my life growing up. She was the mediator, the person I could talk to the most, the person that I leaned on the most. But ever since I started using and, and going down the dark road, she, she cut herself out. She would separate. She still loved me, but she just, she wasn't, she didn't want to see me go down that path. But uh, before the Hope Center, a year and a, about a year and a half, I hadn't talked to her or seen her or, or anything. And it was on as a Christmas service, year and a half before I got to the Hope Center, and I had tried everything. I had tried writing her, I had tried calling her, I had tried visiting her. She had she didn't want anything to do with me because I was still out there. Uh, Christmas Eve, I was going to go on the church service. I went there. I had a card, signed the card, wrote a letter in the card, sat right in front of her in the in the church pews, waited the whole service just to wait to give her that card. I waited the whole service and not five minutes before the service was over she got up and left and I didn't even get to say hello or goodbye I was so torn I was so broken down I was like I, I even was with my mom and I said why is she doing this to me why can't I just say I love you why can't I just get a hug why can't I just get all this stuff this appreciation but in reality, she was trying to help herself, save herself, because my dad, he was killed in the drugs. He, he, was, he went down the same path. She loved me. She cared about me, but she was trying to protect herself. She had to separate herself from me because I was doing the same old stuff that he was. And I didn't even know him. That was the crazy part. I wasn't raised by him. I, wasn't, I, didn't, I didn't get to, a chance to meet my dad. But... With that, to this day, I, I, I talked to her now. That, that restoration happened at Thanksgiving. I invited her to the house. We had this whole cookout, whole big deal. And she, she was weary about it. She was like, uh, you've said this so many times. How many times are you going to say you changed? All this stuff. But I just knew if I could get her there and show her that it was going to be a big difference. And it was. Since this day, we still talk twice a week. I'm going to try to see her today after this church service. And I couldn't do that. God did that. Uh, and he restored, he's restored everything in my life right now. But um, go back about the adoption thing. Uh, thing is, the one thing I learned about this year is that, that we're all adopted in a crisis family. And that, that adoption or that covenant is unconditional. He chose us. He chose us. He didn't, he didn't have to, but he, he chose us, and it's a free gift. I didn't understand that until this year. And my mom used to tell me growing up that we chose you. We love you unconditionally. We're always going to be there for you, but I never believed it until now. And now I, can get, now I understand why God chose us, and he's never going to let go of us. No matter how far we go, no matter how big of a hole we dig, anything, he's always there for us, just waiting for us to turn to him to give him that hug, to rely on him, to surrender everything to him. And I'm so grateful that God put the Hope Center as a tool in my life to turn my life around. I got, I got a future here. I got, I, got, I got a job, and I get to see God every single day. Like, with these guys, it's just it's crazy. Even if they don't see it, their families are getting restored. Their kids are coming to church with them. They're giving bear hugs and not even letting go, and, and I get to see that. Even if I don't see God in my, working in my life, 
I know he's working through the ministry. I know he's working in other people's lives. And that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me sober. That's what keeps me, it's just incredible. But also, like Joel was saying, is at Springfield or White House Center, we, we always need help. Whether it's your time, whether it's donations, anything you guys can do. My, my goal is to have, we have 26 guys, my goal is to have a mentor for 26, every single person. But we're always asking for help. If you guys feel like it's on your heart to help or any way, we're going to be out there talking. Come talk to me, Stephen, Jordan, Timmy, anything. We'll give you more information about this. But I really appreciate 24 Church for letting us come to speak today. And thank you, Chris, as well. Jeremiah 29:11 says this. It says, "I know the plans that I have for you," says the Lord. "Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future." Today you got to hear three stories of that verse being manifested in the lives of God's children. Guys, I don't want you to just take our word for it. I want you to come see it for yourself. This location is not even an 8-minute drive from here. Don't take our word for it. Come and see what God is doing for yourself. Again, thank you guys so much for letting us be here for letting us share, for letting us bring awareness that there is hope, there is help, and it's right here in this community. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, we didn't say this in the <clears throat> earlier service, but uh, the, uh, uh, there are 27 locations uh, of the Hope Center. And so <clears throat> this isn't like just some you know, small little thing going on. Uh, this is something that God is really doing, they're, and they're, they're obviously hoping uh, to continue to see that ministry grow, to be able to reach more people, help more people. Uh, we want to be a part of that. I'll just let you know, like our staff is praying about what it looks like that one day we might be able to help open another Hope Center here in Pleasantview. Not that you guys are far away. Uh, but we just we just know the need, and we've talked about this for many for many days, many times over. Uh, you know that we can't say that we're missionaries to this community and then ignore the things going on in our community. We know what's going on in our community. We know that there's a lot of struggle for with addiction, um, and just in general, a lot of just need for Jesus. Um, and I think for us, I think. You know, I think that that's that reminder for us today. In fact, I've got this, this scripture that I want to share with you out of 1 Peter chapter 5. And it says this. We've been hearing about restoration. Uh, and anybody that knows me well knows that I love restorations. Um, this, uh, this passage, 1 Peter 5 verse 10, it says this. It says, And after you have suffered a little while, the grace, the, the God of all grace, and I love that, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. One of the things that I know about restoration, and I know a couple things about restoration. I have a side business that uh, we deal with some of that, and uh, I love old cars and all this kind of stuff. But in, in any hobby, in any, in any area of restoration, whatever it is, being houses or vehicles or whatever it may be, there are people that are looked to as being the one 
that you want doing that restoration. You know, one of those guys I think of when I think about hot rods, I think about Chip Foose. A lot of people know who Chip Foose is. You know, a lot of people, a lot of guys would love to think that Chip Foose would restore a car for them. Because why? Because he's got taste, he's got talent, uh, he's good at it. You know, he builds only the best, right? This passage of Scripture, you see what it says? It says in verse 10, again, and after you have suffered a little while, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore. He's the one. He's the one doing the restoration. He's the expert that we want to call in. We, we don't need to try to restore us, all right? Like, left, left to ourselves, we, we don't want to be that restoration, you know? We want Jesus to do the restoring in our lives. And it says, he himself will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. This is a Jesus situation. This is a Jesus answer for our lives. That if you're, if you're struggling with addiction, if you're watching online, if you're sitting here right now, if you're struggling with addiction, we want you to know, number one, we love you. But number two, Jesus wants to restore you from that. He wants to help you overcome that. You're struggling with a, with a certain sin that you can't seem to shake. Guess what? Jesus wants to restore you. The work that he did on the cross is enough. The blood that was shed is enough that the God of all grace could come into our lives and change us and have a relationship with us and know us and love us and care for us and restore us to the creation in which he originally planned on us being to begin with. God wants to do that work in your life, whatever that looks like. And, and I want to encourage you in this way today. If you need help, if you need to reach out, even if you just want to talk about it, these guys, Stephen and all these guys, and I'm so grateful for you guys coming and sharing today. Stephen and all these guys will be hanging out at that table out there in the foyer. So if, you don't, if you're afraid to come say something to one of us that sees you all the time or whatever for fear that we're going to judge you or something, which we're not, I promise you. Uh, I, 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 if, 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 I could, if I literally ask everybody that's ever struggled with any kind of addiction to stand in this room, some of you guys would be floored at how many people are in this room. Many of them I know and a bunch of them I'm sure I don't. But I want you to know we want you to get help. We want to help you get help. And we want to love for you. We want to care for you. Uh, and furthermore, if you need help uh, in understanding what it means to know Jesus as your Savior, we'll be hanging out after the service. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love for you to find out what it means to have a relationship with God today, to find out what it looks like for Jesus to change your life and for him to be the one that comes and does the restoring. He wants to do that. He would love to do that. He loves you. He loved me. God of all grace himself wants to do the restoring in our lives, and that's amazing. Um, just a quick thing. Uh, we're partnering with these guys in some projects in the days ahead. You've heard them say they're looking for mentors. 
uh, I, we're encouraging folks of 24 Church that might, uh, might be interested in going and spending time just in the Word with these guys over at the Hope Center. They're looking for people to do that. Uh, furthermore, we're doing projects like this little guy right here. This is a little metal building that they have behind their house. They can hold 28 guys in this house. And this is a little building out back. And they have a handful of showers in the house. But as you can imagine, 28 guys and a handful of showers can be a little complicated at times. They made mention, Stephen made mention, just we were asking, hey, what's this building? What's that building? Whatever. And when I asked what this building was, he said, Hope, we're hoping one day that that will be a shower house. He didn't ask for us to get involved and for it to be a shower house. He just said he hoped one day. I said, I want to look at that. So this is uh, just a couple of weeks ago, a group of guys that first got together on a Monday night to go over there and pray about what's it look like for us to turn this thing into a shower house. You can see we've got dirt and gravel floor. We've got, we got a little light in there. Uh, we're starting from scratch, but we've got a little metal building to start with. And, uh, and God's going to use us to do this. I really believe that. And this is just the beginning of things that I think God is going to use uh, our church to partner with the Hope Center to do. Uh, if you're interested in that, get me your name and phone number, and I'll try to get you on the list so that you know what's going on. Uh, we've already had uh, uh, we had a hot water heater donated by one of the guys that's been coming to 24 who we didn't even know was a graduate of the Hope Center until Easter Sunday, and he came down and told me that and liked to floored me. Uh, he managed to get us a hot water heater donated uh, recently. We had another hot water heater donated this morning uh, in the first service, which is pretty awesome, from one of our folks who works at AO. And, uh, and we've got a whole bunch of other stuff that we've got to get, washers and dryers that we want to put, put in there. We've got to pay for the shower stalls that are going to get put in there. But I'll tell you what, we've got guys in our church that are stepping up to help donate what they can of plumbing, uh, to help donate what they can of concrete, to help donate what they can of rock, uh, heat and air, whatever it is, but there's still going to be some costs, still going to be some needs. If you'd like to get in on that, you let me know. This is just the beginning. We want to be actively pursuing what it looks like for us to reach out and meet people where they are, show them Jesus, help them with things like their addictions, uh, whether it be to substance or even a sin. The Lord can overcome it. He is the healer. He is the God of all grace. And He is the restorer. I want to pray right now that God would lead us as a church to do that in the days ahead. God, we ask You to lead us in these things, show us what it looks like for us to be faithful in following you through whatever it is you call us to. God, I just pray that you would continue to move and to work and to clearly lead us in moments when we need your leadership to help us in these things. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for your grace. God, it is, it is impossible for us to do this without you. Lord, I pray that we would remember that. I pray that we would remember, Lord, to keep our eyes on you and not on the waves, not on the wind, but, Lord, that you would lead us and remind us constantly, you have this, God. May we never doubt, Lord, that you are in control. And, God, may you work in our lives and lead us in those ways. God, I pray right now for anybody that doesn't know you as their Savior. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their heart. God, I pray, Lord, that today would be the day Lord, that they would, they would allow you to speak to them and lead them in such a way, Lord, that they would receive you as their Savior. 
God, overcome their sin today. Save them today. Do the work in them today, Lord, that nobody else can do. God, we, we thank you. Thank you for doing that work in my life, God. We ask that in all these things that we are about, Lord, that it would all be for you and for your kingdom, that you would be glorified in it. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.